This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds & Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Learn how operating differently can help you overcome the pressures facing your dealership today at reyrey.com slash operate differently. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash operate dash differently. Welcome to Daily Drive for Friday, June 23rd, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News here in Detroit. And I'm Jake Neer, also in Detroit, in for Kellen Walker. Today on the show, Ford plans to cut more salaried jobs, Sonic suspends operations at eight Echo Park stores, and foul play is suspected at a fire at Nikola's headquarters. Plus, a look at what increasing used vehicle loan-to-value ratios means for consumers. Generally speaking, consumers, no matter what the loan-to-value is on their vehicle, try to make the payment on their loans. Um, because they need that vehicle to go to work, go to school, go to the store, go to the doctor, do all the things to run their life. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Ford is planning more job cuts to its salaried workforce in the coming weeks. That's according to people with knowledge of the matter who spoke with us at Automotive News. The people say the cuts are not expected to be as large as in previous rounds. Ford could announce the moves as early as next week. It's expected to prune workers from multiple business units, including its Ford Blue Combustion Vehicle Division and its Model E Electric Vehicle Unit. The Wall Street Journal reported the impending job cuts Thursday. A Ford spokesman tells Automotive News, quote, we've got nothing to announce. Sonic Automotive has indefinitely suspended operations at eight Echo Park used-only stores and an unspecified number of other locations, and it will take a significant second-quarter charge. The retailer cites lower used vehicle availability and higher wholesale pricing for the move. It anticipates a one-time charge of $60 million to $80 million, noting that only $3 million to $5 million would be in cash. Sonic did not identify which Echo Park locations it has indefinitely suspended. It said the action will allow it to send additional used vehicles to key markets and address current demand. It's not immediately clear how many jobs would be cut as a result of the changes. CarMax says net income slipped in its fiscal first quarter. The used car retail giant faces ongoing challenges with vehicle affordability and inflation, as well as tightened lending standards and decreased consumer confidence that hindered how many vehicles it sold. CarMax reported net income of $228 million in its first quarter, ending May 31st. That's down 9.5% year over year. The company's net revenue was $7.7 billion, down 17%. CarMax retailed 218,000 used vehicles in the quarter, which is down 9.6% from the same period last year. Honda is recalling nearly 1.2 million vehicles in the U.S. because the backup camera might not display an image while in reverse. The recall covers the 2018 through 2023 Honda Odyssey minivan, 2019 through 23 Passport midsize crossover, and 2019 through 22 Pilot midsize crossover. Honda told safety regulators that it has not received reports of injuries or death. And electric truck startup Nikola says it suspects foul play in a fire at its Phoenix headquarters early this morning that also damaged some of the company's trucks. Nicholas said on its corporate Twitter account that a vehicle was seen near the affected trucks just before the fire. 
A company spokesperson confirmed the authenticity of the Twitter report. She did not say how many trucks were damaged or destroyed. The company has faced other challenges recently. Last week, Nikola announced 270 job cuts. They come as the company seeks to reduce spending amid a pivot to hydrogen fuel cell vehicles and a build-out of national infrastructure. The company's shares have fallen in value by about three quarters over the past year. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, this news about Sonic indefinitely suspending operations at 8 Echo Park used only stores, plus CarMax saying that its net income slipped in the first fiscal quarter. Do you think these are signs of bigger challenges in the retail space? Yeah, the used car market you know, was really hot during COVID when new car production was down uh, and demand was so high. But now the tables have really turned. Uh, they the prices are still high on used vehicles because there's not enough supply, but production is picking up on the new vehicles. So there are more affordable new vehicles for consumers to choose. And it's a it's just a challenging waiting game for anybody in the used car space. You see, you know, CarMax is an excellent operator and they remain you know strongly profitable, although, of course, down from last year's inflated figures uh, for those that are in expansion mode. Maybe it's time to hold off until things get a little better. And maybe we'll get a better picture of all this in about a month or so when retailers announce their second quarter earnings. Stay tuned for that. Coming up, a growing number of auto borrowers are finding themselves with negative equity. We'll talk about the bigger implications with TransUnion's Satyan Merchant. That's next on Daily Drive. Economic uncertainty, vehicle affordability, and ever-increasing customer expectations are threatening the profitability and efficiency gains you've made over the last couple of years. You may be finding the strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were. You offer online options so customers can begin the buying process remotely, but your salespeople have to rebuild the deal or correct it during the in-store appointment. You ask your advisors to be proactive about calling customers to get work approved, but still wind up with occupied bays and stalled jobs when the customer doesn't answer the phone. Your business office clerks are trying to process deal jackets faster, but funding still takes weeks. The strategies you've used to improve performance in the past just aren't as effective as they once were. Getting better at outdated and inefficient processes will only get you so far. Let's face it, Netflix isn't a household name because they got really good at mailing DVDs. And nearly half of Apple's revenue comes from the iPhone, not from the computers the company was founded on. These companies evolved as new challenges presented themselves instead of sticking with the status quo. It's time for a mindset shift. It's time to operate differently. Finding new and innovative ways to operate is essential to effectively managing the pressures facing your dealership. Visit reyrey.com slash operate differently to get started. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash operate dash differently. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Jake Neer. As vehicle inventories continue to replenish and vehicle values stabilize, more consumers have negative equity on their car or truck. That's according to a recent study from TransUnion and J.D. Power. Satyan Merchant is Senior Vice President at TransUnion. He spoke with Automotive News Senior Editor Dan Schein about the current loan-to-value ratios and what they might mean for future delinquency risks. Satyan, thank you for joining us on the FNI Friday edition of Daily Drive. Great to be here. 
So I want to talk about uh, this new study that you did and TransUnion did with J.D. Power called The Impact of Unsettled Vehicle Values on Lenders and Consumers. Tell me a little bit about that. So is this a new survey that you guys have done or is this, is this something, uh, an annual event? Dan, this is a new one that we did this year. You know, we, we actually do a, a big research study every year in the spring uh, and we try to find timely topics. In this case, the big conversation in the industry has been about vehicle values and particularly on the used side. So we partnered up with our good friends over at JD Power. And we want to look at a few things really about what's going on with vehicle values in terms of the impact on, on auto finance and auto loans, particularly loan to value. And how is that impacting both um, the existing book of loans as well as what a lender and a consumer can think about in the future. Uh, a couple of interesting things we found. Number one is that um, while there's been quite a bit discussed in the industry and J.D. Power is the expert here on, on vehicle values being elevated, um, one positive sign is that the overall portfolio of auto loans are in a great position because naturally most auto loans were originated before this surge in vehicle values. And so if you're an auto lender, um, you look across your book, you're going to see lots of positive equity, probably more so than, than ever before. I think only about one quarter, roughly, of auto loans on book today are at a, above 100% LTV, meaning many lenders have a ton of positive equity in their books. And I think I saw in the most recent quarter, 125 for uh, used value LTV. Right. And so that's about the, that's kind of touching on the other part of this is like kind of current and now and looking forward in terms of what our LTV is looking like. So you're right. Uh, we really focused in on used uh, on, on this research. We, we touched on new, but not much has changed with loan to values when it comes to new originations on used. Number one, the, the LTVs are going up. And so as you pointed out, Dan, on used in the most recent quarter, Q1 of 2023, the averaged LTV is 125% on a used vehicle. Now that sounds like a lot, and it is. It's higher than a few years ago was around uh, 112. Um, but what we also found is that um, when you split by risk tiers, you see different activity and different behavior. Um, in general, you know there are pockets of risk when you come when it comes to the subprime consumer that uh, may have originated at 125 or 140 and higher. Um, particularly if it was in the last year, right, Q 2022 or even early 23, as those might be might have been at peak or near peak levels of, of vehicle values. And so lenders are probably keeping an eye on, hey, what's going on with that vehicle? Um, the other thing, though, that we found is that even at high LTV, a couple of things. One is some vehicles that were originated at a high LTV pre-pandemic um, are again in great shape because the value has gone up and therefore the consumer is paying those loans. And then two, um, generally speaking, consumers, no matter what the loan to value is on their vehicle, they have a used vehicle because they need the used vehicle. And for better or for worse, um, regardless of the LTV position, we found that consumers still uh, try to make the payment on their loans um, because they need that vehicle to go to work, go to school, go to the store, go to the doctor, do all the things to run their life. I think we've heard, you know, since the pandemic has kind of subsided somewhat and and the kind of the government uh, help assistance has gone away that you know, we're going to, delinquency is going to rise, delinquencies are, you know, going to be an issue. And it just seems that it hasn't happened. And I think maybe partly because of 
people make their car payments, right? It's, it's, they need it. They need their vehicle to go to work, take their kids to school, whatever it might be. So it doesn't seem like it's, it's still a, a concern, right? But not an issue that should maybe be, you know, very concerning to lenders yet. Yeah, I would say that um, the aggregate delinquency rate um, has been creeping up in the auto industry. Um, and again, there's pockets here in the use space, maybe at the below prime level at high LTVs is where we will probably and are starting to see those delinquencies from a cohort, from a vintage point of view, uh, meaning the different cohorts of loans being originated. We're finding that the 2021 and late 21 and early 22 cohorts are starting to sh show some, some delinquency. But again, back to one of the original points I made, a lender, uh, if they have a broad book, they're, they're going to see some of that delinquency in the more recent cohorts, but some very strong performance across the board in their entire portfolio. And then the other thing is, right, not, not surprisingly, we are seeing some of this spiking, or not spiking, but creeping up in, in subprime. But a subprime lender is typically one that prices for that risk in delinquency. Um, you know, in the F&I office, the dealerships tend to, if, they're, if, if they have a subprime borrower coming in to purchase a, a used vehicle, um, they know who their lending partners are going to be on that subprime side. And the subprime borrowers that we, or lenders that we talk to, are, they're getting more and more sophisticated with the alternative data that they use, the trended data that they use, um, the, the tools and the data that, that they get from TransUnion to, to really make those decisions. And so I'll ask you to pull out your crystal ball and kind of look uh, into the future a little bit. How do you see this trend, this market uh, going in the next you know, six months to a year? So I'm going to borrow the crystal ball of our friends over at, at JD Power. It's a good that, crystal ball. That, right? that, they've, that they've lent me. And, you know, it's really interesting. There's a, there's a lot of drivers that go into vehicle valuation. It's both a de demand and a supply equation. One thing that's, I think, really interesting when it comes to used vehicle valuations is that the supply of used vehicles that are ex expected this year and the next few years is, is very, very hampered. And if you think about it, a late model used vehicle, zero to five years old, those were the vehicles that would have been purchased in 2000, like J June of 2020. Well, what were we doing in June th of 2020? Probably locked in our homes, right? And so there's, there's still a lot in the system here where we're just going to be short of supply, I think, of used vehicles. And what that's going to do is going to keep the valuations, I'd say, higher than a typical depreciation curve. Um, I don't expect any sort of major fall off a cliff in terms of vehicle valuations. And that's good for, I think, all lenders and also maybe some comfort for, for an owner of a vehicle where, you know, that the, the, the old adage of your car, your car loses value as soon as you drive it off the lot. That is true. But I don't think vehicles are far and wide or broadly going to be dropping 50%, 30% in value overnight or in the next six months. So I'm in the used car market now. So is this a good time for me to buy or should I be waiting a little bit? I think that, um, you know, if, if the crystal ball was so clear to predict that level of precision, then, you know, probably should be in a different business. But if you need a vehicle, I would say there's a few things, right? One is understand and work with lenders, work with dealers on, you know, how to, how to get that payment um, to the area and to the place that you need it to be. Um, I think proactively managing your credit and making sure that, um, you know, if you're going to apply for a loan that 
um, you've done all the things to improve your credit score, especially, you know, the vehicle purchase is one that people plan for quite a bit. Um, and so there's some time to make certain, certain moves if necessary to pay down a debt or, you know, catch up on a delinquent account that might be some other account. Um, and then, yeah, I think, I think shopping for a vehicle is not easy because still the inventory problem exists. It's better than it was six and 12 months ago. Um, but, you know, if, if a consumer needs a car, they usually need it. They usually go out and buy one because they need one, right, to do those things that we talked about before. So I don't know. It's the right time to buy a car is, is when you need it, I think. I'll make my kids walk for a little bit longer. There you go. Get some exercise. It's summer here in Detroit. <laughs> That's right. Satyan, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be here. Senior Vice President at TransUnion. He spoke with our own Dan Shine. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Jake Neer, in for Kellen Walker. Thanks to automotive news journalists Michael Martinez, Jack Walsworth, CJ Moore, Audrey LaForest, and Karn Dingra for their reporting for today's podcast. You can get the latest news on dealership finance and insurance, manufacturing, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back on Monday for a conversation with Green Hill Software CEO Dan O'Dowd, who has emerged as one of the chief critics of Tesla's driver assistance software. If you enjoy the podcast, tell a friend. Also, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Oh,